It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. This has been a uh, interesting uh, evening so far. As we were trying to head up, we're about th- you know thirty minutes away from the Eagles Awards. You're trying to get excited about that, but uh, Chip Kelly's fired, boys, and uh, we are joined live by uh, all the co-hosts in the land: Mr. Matt Daring, James Zeltzer, Patrick Wall, uh, Matt. We're going to start with you, pal. Um, your first thoughts about Chip Kelly being fired tonight? Uh, boy, something must have happened, right? I mean, I watched the I watched the guys give the press conference. Uh, by the guys, I mean Shermer and Davis, and and I watched them give their press conference today, and they did not seem shook. They did not seem like dudes who just watched their boss get fired or even knew about it at all. So this really must have happened since, and that was on at like I think it was on at one one to two somewhere around there. So, you know, this must have really just happened in the last not that long. Um, but man, that's, uh, this is not really, this is not a good all hell I expected today to go. I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, Lori wouldn't do this because he felt like this was a bad year. Lori would do this, only do this if he really just felt like he couldn't work with him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> the dogs are fired up too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No kidding. I know how they feel. Uh, they're always pissed. Yeah. Actually what you hear in the background, that's the sound of Twitter. Um, but, but, but what, uh, what, I mean, I just, I just feel like there's no way that, that these people could, that, that Lori, that Lori would fire this guy for like any reason after year three, other than he just thought that this was just absolutely not going to work. Like, I don't think he's mad because he thought they were going to the Super Bowl. I think he's, and I don't think he's mad because they took Marcus Smith instead of taking uh, Bradley Roby. I think he's, he's think he's mad because he doesn't think the chip wants to, you know, would work with him. And and so it's a shame because I 
thought that Chip had some pretty cool ideas, and you know, his he's all over Novacare. I mean, he is the face of this franchise. He's doing all this stuff. He's got the sports science stuff going on. I mean, God only knows. Like so many things are hanging in the balance. You have no idea what's going to continue. What did they like? What didn't they like? But man, oh man, this is not good. Uh, James, what was what was what's been your reaction so far? Well, I've been trying to get into the process of changing this uh, this whole podcast insight to bleeding Browns Nation. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty how much how we all feel, yeah. Yeah, with Browns, right? I mean, like you know, what's this? You know, I mean, Chud. You know, after a year in in a in a job, they fire him. Uh, it just feels feels so reactive. It feels. I think, like Matt said, something obviously happened. The timing is just insane. I mean, before the last game of the season is obviously just a a total shock. I, I think whether or not you know it was the right move to to fire Chip, which obviously I think there's going to be opinions on both sides of that. Uh, I think whether or not that was the right move, I think the timing of it is insanity. I just don't. I don't see the upside there. I don't. I. I. But. You know, whatever it is, it just feels extremely reactive. It feels like, uh, you know, I think this is the beginning of a of a bad time for the Eagles. And uh, you know, obviously, in in Philly sports, we are uh, in the midst of a uh, of an all time low for for all the franchises. And uh, the Eagles were supposed to be that kind of kind of shining beacon of light and um it appears that they might be actually you know heading right to the bottom of the list uh maybe maybe above the sixers but um it's gonna be ugly maybe you know i guess the only uh 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 silver lining i can think of is that maybe they're so bad next year that in two years when there are some legit quarterbacks coming out they get a chance at one of them yeah maybe that's uh you know maybe that's on the horizon with the that's what we're talking about right now uh, well, that's what I mean. Like I was, I think the plan was all along that we were going to talk about the draft really heavily for the next couple of months. And now I, I don't even give a shit about that. <laughs> you know, like now it can go any different direction. Uh, I'm all my thoughts are Sam Bradford's not going to be here next year. Um, this is kind of the thing that we were talking about today. I figured if, if Chip Kelly got fired, you know, Sam Bradford's not going to be here. So whoever comes yeah, in here is going to want to pick their QB, whether it's going to be, I don't know Lynch or whoever's going to be here, but I don't know. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's why he got fired. Uh, I think it's just I, I don't know. I, I I have I don't know how to I don't know how to handle this. This is just it's fucking ridiculous. Like this is stupid. I can't believe that Gus Bradley has a job. I can't believe that Jeff Fisher has a job. Like this was after three years. I don't understand what one more year would have done. Like. Either way, look, if if, the, if he was losing the locker room completely, fine. Then I understand. Like, if nobody's going to play for him, fine. And there's going to be a lot of details that are going to come out. Everybody's going to start, you know, finally, like, releasing all the demons now that Kelly is gone. And, uh, you know, I don't know. P-Wall, what's, uh, what's going through your mind right now? I kind of have a different, a little bit of a different take on this than you guys, I think. I, to me, this has less to do with Chip Kelly, the GM, and more to do with Chip Kelly, the leader or manager. I think, I th I think that what we saw in the off season when guys were calling Chip Kelly racist, and we said, "Yeah, well, Deshaun Jackson's an asshole, and Deshaun McCoy's an idiot," and then Brandon Boykin said it, and we all kind of scratched our heads. And then as soon as this comes out, Emmanuel Acho tweets that thing. That coupled with a lot of the things that we we're sort of heard in whispers, which I know everybody kind of rolls their eyes at it, whispers and things yeah, that Howard yeah. Eskin tweets, but. Um, 
I really think this had more to do with Jeffrey Lurie looking at his team and saying, these guys don't want to play for Chip. And if these guys don't want to play for Chip and you are already having misgivings about his ability to manage this team, if you don't want him to be the GM and you want to take his power away and you, your players don't want to play for him, why would you keep him? Why would you just punt on 2016 and say, yeah, well, maybe that'll change if we start winning. Well, uh, or what if it go, you go 6-10 and 10 again and you waste another year of Fletcher Cox's prime and you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, but it, aren't it, they it, already it, punting on on 2016 anyway by this move? I mean, do you, do you see any way this team can be competitive next year? Maybe not, but I guess my point is more that like, if you don't feel like Chip Kelly is the right leader for your team, is re-signed? Like, do you want to get yourself even deeper into that hole? Do you want to sign Bradford to a four-year deal and then next year be like, wow, that was another terrible mistake? Here's another huge contract, or here's another thing we have to get out of i just think i i I just feel like this was more a personnel or a person to person thing than it was a schematic or a or a you know a football decision if that makes sense yeah i i think that makes Uh, sense jay glazer just came through he said just talked to chip kelly disappointed how it ended but knows it's a results-oriented business and sissy wants to remain in the nfl not college was pulled into meeting with the owner said he didn't fight the decision so uh, that's a whole lot of nothing sorry yeah. yeah, it's all out of nothing. But 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 the point is he wants to stay in the NFL. I think he says that because I think he knows he's gonna have some options to stay in the in the NFL. I think it's likely. But uh, you know, I, I think that Patrick made a made a key point there. I, I really do think that you know, I think the GM stuff, I think the the moves that he made have have been cited as the like the main culprit for for why, you know, he's not here now or why this was building to this point, but I think it's really the 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 his ability to interact with people, his management, even whether or not that that's all true. It was perceived that way. The perception was both with players and other people around the players and people they talked to and people around the locker room that this guy could not interact with players or interact with people, and and that was extremely damaging. And I think that that played as big a role in anything. And just to kind of bring it back to the whole Philly sports scene, I think you you saw a similar thing with with Hinky here. You know, just a few weeks ago. I think the reason that Hinky, uh, you know, one of the main reasons was, you know, his inability to see how he was percepted, to see how the the losing was percepted, and also the way that cutting players and not talking to their agents and all that kind of stuff was perceived both by the players in the locker room and the league. Uh, and I think that that really played a big role in in what ultimately happened here. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. I think that's I, I think that's exactly why. And to more to pa- I, I I do agree with Patrick a little bit though because. You know, if you're looking at this thing and you you think about New England and the 53 Angry Men thing and you're like, oh, okay, it's kind of weird that he's in the locker room or whatever. And, you know, somebody should be able to do that besides the owner. And why isn't this why isn't this locker room together? Then that's that's one thing. Um, But to yeah, to that point, I guess I would just say, like, I don't know if he kept winning. Would would people care? You know, does the locker room really care how he is or is it just because he's because of the relationships that I guess he you know, crushed in the offseason by trading some of those guys that were popular in the locker room, that they were all, yeah, obviously they were had been playing together for a long time. I think that definitely affects it, but um, yeah, I don't know. So what is what do we do now, Matt? Are we talking about... I have no idea if uh, Sean McCoy was popular in the, in the locker room. Yeah. You know? I don't know either. I'm just saying like... like I would, and in fact, I would be really surprised because he does not seem like the sort of guy that people like. 
I mean, honest to God, that just does not I, seem. I, 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 I don't think, think that's necessarily true. Not to interrupt, but I, I think that might have been more true of Deshaun. But uh, at least from the interactions that I saw, you know, around the locker room, it seemed like Shady got along with with his peers and the other players. I think that he's an affable guy around them, even if he's not necessarily the best guy uh, in other situations. Well, I was going to say, I think that it probably would be much more likely that this is this is more of like the Peters type thing. You know, like if he didn't have Peters, even Malcolm Jenkins seems sort of bullish and Malcolm Jenkins seems to smile a lot. So, you know, I'm not really sure if that's if that's any better. Um, I guess Lane seemed to have his back today, but even that was kind of half-assed. Of course, I'm not sure what you could really say in that situation if you're yeah. Lane or Lane. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't know if it was the players. I mean, this might be like one of those things where it was it was just way worse than it seemed like, or I don't know. It's hard for me to say that that Laurie really had any. It's it's hard for me to look at this at the everything that we've seen happen and say for a hundred percent sure that Laurie must have had problems with the with the to borrow a word with the process with the with the thought process involved with everything that was going on. You know, everything that Chip Kelly did, it seemed like it was defensible. None of it was like baffling, like trading trading Shady for Kiko Alonso. That seemed like that was a pretty decent idea. You know, maybe yep. uh, you know uh, make some of the other signings he made, Walter Thurmond. Um, you know, stuff like that, talking about getting a numbers advantage by playing uh, playing two gap in a three, four, you know, stuff like that. I don't think that I think that everything he do did pretty much was was even if it wasn't successful, it was defensible. And I don't think if it, I think that if it was defensible, but not successful, that you'd be that he'd have more time, which is I mean, that's why I just keep going back to this idea that like, this was really something else. Um, yeah. And maybe it is just that, you know, there's not a lot of guys out there. And so Laurie wanted to get started early uh, or, you know, maybe it was uh, any number of other things. You know, I saw somebody on, on Twitter saying, like, this is just Laurie putting his stamp on the organization. And I guess that's sort of true. Like, I think he's been really sort of praised for for taking a hands off. But, you know, now the organization needs some leadership and the coach slash director of player personnel isn't providing it. Uh, so maybe it's time for the owner to give it a shot. I don't know, man. I. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I, I just I'm not sure what I'm looking for to happen well, next. Well, yeah, I go back to this thing now, too. It's just kind of like, well, it really depends on who the, the next head coach that comes in here and their philosophy. And, you know, I mean, you could see a lot of different – you could go back to a 4-3 where people are clamoring. You can do anything now, um, which is – which to me is, is so very wasteful of the past two draft classes. You know, I mean, I know that they're not uh, the greatest picks in the world. Everybody mentions Mark and Smith and – of course, everybody's uh, new favorite toy to beat up on is Nelson Aguilar, and there's Josh Huff, and there's all that. But you also have Hickson here. You also have, you know, wide receivers that you drafted for a specific type of idea. Um, so I, I don't know that. Like, so there's, it seems to me that like you're, you're you are definitely going full bore here, and you're going to have to blow this whole thing up. So like the next process that's whoever takes over as GM. I mean, there's going to be tens of thousands of other moves that people are going to agree or disagree with. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't hey, know. Hey, James. Johnny, real quick. Apparently Sal Powell is reporting that, uh, that Lori said uh, to Kelly that he wanted to take his GM power away and chip refused. Yeah. Uh, so well, that, I mean, I that guess on that. it seems, seems appropriate. Yeah, not, not surprising or anything like that, but, uh, you know, something that we could have inferred, but, um, I think it's still interesting. I mean, interesting, and we haven't gotten into Laurie as much, but just the the his his 
It's interesting how quickly his resolve changed. It, it, that one season, and, and even a six-win season, it's not like this team went 1-15 uh, with some ugly losses and, and obviously some some ugly stuff along the way. But, it, it, I mean, how do you guys feel about the fact that, that, that the owner was willing to to put this much belief and faith in I put his, you know, billion-dollar franchise in this guy's hands and that, you know, 15 games of sample size after, you know, a, a pretty strong, you know, first 32 games, as it were, um, and that he's willing to just to, to bail. I, 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 it worries me about his resolve, but also Matt makes a good point that, you know, maybe it is possible that if if it's just too far gone, it's too far gone. I, I, you know, I, I, where do you guys stand on that? I think I want to play. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, know this I should have directed that. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, uh, Patrick, John, Pat jump in, John, or Patrick. Patrick, ahead. lead us off with that. I want to start off with a little bit of a conspiracy theory that I don't think is too out there. Uh, if you read the statement, you don't even have to read it super closely. The second paragraph says, as we move forward, the search for a new head coach will begin and will be led by myself, Don Smolensky, and Howie Roseman. There's nothing in there about hiring a new GM. Yeah. Howie Roseman won this war. First of oh, all. yeah, no, oh, great call. So Absolutely. let's let's come back to that for a second because fuck that, okay? So that's that's where I'm at. If Howie Roseman becomes the GM again, fuck that. That's, that's an, like, if you're going to do this, gut the whole fucking thing and start over. Howie's the one that fucked this up in the first place. Howie's the one that, that, that said, okay, you take over, Chip. I'm not doing that again. There's no way I'm doing that again. I don't want him in charge of the head coaching spot. I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't want him in that front office. We've It's already happened. He's taken way too much credit for every other thing that he's done in there. He's the one that hired Chip Kelly. He's the one that's getting him fired. I do not want him in that front office. That's where I stand on that. Matt, where are you on that? Well, John, real quick, I, I think you're going to uh, be sad sadly disappointed on that one because that that's happening i know that's what i'm saying like that's that that's to for as much as kelly's gonna get shit about his moves this year like for this to happen just like you said james in 15 games and you're already cutting your losses and, and going on here this reeks of being embarrassed over making a good a good decision to me and potentially and, too, and potentially and hold on john and also potentially caving to public pressure as yes. well which would be which would be the worst part i mean if my owner is yeah. going to listen to everybody else out there then then we're totally fucked yeah no, yeah go I, ahead, think, man. I think for me and i've been thinking about this i do a lot of thinking about the eagles because I, I mean god knows i have nothing else to do but um <laughs> i i i've sort of just been thinking about like Look, we have this offensive head coach, and I think, and Jimmy summed it up, you know, and I think that everything Jimmy put in his article today that basically said that the defense has been better than the offense for two years now, that was all pretty much true, is that we've had like a, you know, like an uh, average, above average kind of offense, a defense, and then the offense has really not been good since 2013, really since that Bears game. Um, so, you know, I think when I think when we talk about stuff like that, we have to remember, like, look, we have an offensive head coach and, you know, he's supposed to be doing all this stuff and the offense has really struggled. So I think in a certain sense, I've been, for the most part, happy with Chip Kelly, the GM and Chip Kelly, the coach for two years now, let's yeah. say. 
Okay. You know, like yeah. like I hated I hated a lot of that stuff. I hated watching Nick Foles. Watching watching the Eagles at all this year was like a really bad experience. And I think a lot of people listening will agree. Um, but you know, I think that you know when we're when you're talking about stuff like that, you have to remember like this this is an offensive head coach, and the offense got outplayed by the defense, and everybody hated the defense. Where does that leave the offense? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like like yeah. Like, and- Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to jump in here uh, uh, with the uh, uh, Jeff McLean tweeting out here. And, and obviously, uh, I think other than Howie, maybe the second happiest person in the Delaware Valley is Jeff McLean today. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff tweets out that most Eagles players found out about Chip Kelly's firing from various outlets. There is a full team meeting scheduled for tomorrow. So, so my question with that is, is this whole thing with, with Chip and his issues with dealing with players in the locker room and all that, that stuff, and then you're going to fire him and have the team find out through the media? I mean, doesn't that kind of go antithetical to, to the whole reason, or at least part of the reason you're, you're not happy with Chip, that you, his inability to kind of communicate with these guys, and you're going to go fire the coach and, and not tell them? Doesn't that seem strange to, to yeah, you guys as well? Yeah, it lends a lot of credence to the idea that something happened tonight. You know, yeah, that, yeah. exactly. That, yeah, exactly. That it was they, like they that quick. Him. Yeah. And they, they were just like, all right, like we're done here. And and or reverse like Chip was like, we're done here. Like, I still can't I still can't shake the idea that he quit because like who doesn't give a guy, uh, you know, like like how how could that happen? How could you if you were going to fire him, how could you not have already or how could you not like wait out the end of the season? Uh, so yeah, it's, I know, it's I so uncharacteristic of of what he's done in the past. But. Yeah, especially like it's just the fucking. It was the third year. It yeah. was the third year, and this team was not good enough. And now it's just now it's really is a rebuild. Like this past was, you know, Kelly trying to you know, make up for mistakes and trying to win at the same time and drafting. And now it's just now it is literally just an, an abyss, an empty abyss of like what the fuck is going to happen here? And and really. I think I'm going to be disappointed if it's not Sean Payton coming in here. And I know I've always said, said like, I don't know. I guess that's my panic coach right now because I, I, I am normally against retreads. I'm normally against, you know, I don't know, a Hugh Jackson. I, I'd be, I guess I'd be happy with coming in here. Everybody's yeah. saying like Sean McDermott, Adam Gase. Uh, I, I do not uh. want fucking touching this team. Um, you know, I, who's the next uh, head coach, Matt? I... I don't know. Sean uh, McDermott is the next right. Head coach. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, defensive get coach. Ready. No defensive it's head gonna coaches. Be, it's going to be Sean McDermott. Get ready. I don't think Jeff has any interest in a defensive head coach. Uh, you know, I think when I look around, I would think that probably, and again, I mean, this all depends on, on what the owner thinks is going to happen. And I guess our new director of player personnel, Howie Roseman, thinks <laughs> the direction of the team should be. But I would look towards – somebody who's got a track record of developing quarterbacks and that's why I am looking at Dirk Cutter. I mean, I'm not look, I'm not excited about this, but I think that he checks a lot of boxes as far as like what you might look for from a head coach. Um the fact that he's Dirk Cutter notwithstanding cuz that's sort of icky. You know, I think that this guy he's got like that sort of reputation of coming in and and being good to work with with like young quarterbacks. And so if that is the direction that this franchise is heading in and I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if they're going to stick with Sam Bradford. I don't know if Dirk Cutter and Sam Bradford would have a lot to say to each other. Um, I actually have no idea how Sam Bradford fits in with this at all. And, of course, I have no guarantee that Sam Bradford wants anything to do with this team. So it might all be moot. But as far as that goes, you know, I, I look around and I think about 
who are the like the good young quarterbacks to be developed in the last couple of years and you know you might take a look at yeah i mean you could talk about Dirk cutter uh you could maybe take a look at whoever's coaching out in oakland who's uh all right somebody help me out here <laughs> Tom Cable. Right, I'm just gonna Google it. Whatever. Uh, Tom Cable? Cable? Are you talking about? No, 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 no. He hasn't coached there in years. Um, yeah, well, I thought he was the or the. I guess he's yeah. in Seattle now. Yeah, he's the O line. Well, coach Jack Del Rio is the coach in in Oakland. Who are you talking about? One of their coordinators. The offensive coordinator. No, I um, can't even. Oh, the, it's Bill Musgraves, the offensive coordinator out there. Oh, yeah, isn't he? <laughs> yes. All right, well, so. So, so no on that one is right. Log off. Let's log off on that one. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, that's really funny. All right, no, it's definitely not. Definitely not Bill. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, Hugh no, Jackson. Are you thinking of former Raiders coach Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati? No, I was He's trying to come up with Bill Musgrave. Yeah. That was who I was trying to come okay. up with. Okay, all right. But you know, Bill I take a look Bill as well too. So, well, I would take a look at like position coordinators for teams that have teams that have had some success with developing the quarterback position. I mean, I think that like. Look, that's what that's Jeff hit it big with Andy. Um, so, you know, maybe he looks around and he sees somebody out there. And so Dirk Cutter is a little bit more seasoned than Andy was. You know, Andy was only ever a quarterback coach. But I would take a look at teams that have developed young quarterbacks recently. And so you look at what you look at everything that's happened with Jameis Winston. I mean, God knows we saw it firsthand. But, you know, you look at everything that Dirk Cutter's been able to accomplish in, in one year down there. And he's had a. He had some pretty decent success in Jacksonville. He had some good times in um, Atlanta. You know, like this is a guy who enjoyed a pretty decent reputation um, as far as that stuff goes. And uh, I mean, it's not exciting. I don't know. You know, yeah, it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to even think about anybody else. I mean, you might think about maybe he wants to go back to the college ranks. He wants to see like maybe he can find somebody who's a little bit more of a delegator than a dictator, you know. Um, Could trying to go, trying to go in that direction. I don't know how excited I am about that. I don't know if he really cares more about. And here I'm going to totally walk back on what I just said. But I don't know if he cares more about player development or game day coaching. You know, for that matter, I just have no idea what his priorities are going to be. But when I think about it, I think that somebody like Dirk Cutter checks a lot of boxes for me. Uh, I wonder if. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, to that, and here I tweeted this out. I just want to clarify this that I said that from a couple of people, lots of people had uh, said that he's already had two job offers available, two phone calls. Two people have called Chip Kelly to coach their NFL team. So uh, one is an mm. NFC West team, one is in the AFC. Uh, if I said any more, I, I don't want to hurt the other people that told me this information. So uh, you can pretty much put the dots together on that one, but uh, I, I, I don't think he's – I personally don't think he's going anywhere uh, outside of the NFL – I think that there's already things in place and ready to rock and roll, and there'll be, uh, you know, an announcement in February sometime. So, um, but with that being said, uh, you know, Patrick, who are you bringing in? Let's just stick with offensive or defensive minded. Like at this point, what is going to benefit this Eagles team more right now? Oh, offense, without a doubt. I, I, I feel like if you had put a a a oh God, I hate to say this, a, tra a more traditional offense on the field. Um, even with the current personnel, the defense would have looked better. I, I mean, the 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 offense's inability to string together long drives, their inability to score, to get off, you know, to to move on third downs, um, that stuff wears on a defense, and it wears on a defense that also took some hits, uh, injury wise. So I think you, in today's NFL especially, you have to go offense. I mean, unless you have this like special group. We keep saying this also, by the way. 
If you don't, if you have a defense like the uh, like the two thousand bucks or the you know th- th- that shit doesn't exist anymore. Like let's stop let's stop talking about that. I don't care. Quarterbacks win football games now, not defenses, because our parents are not playing football anymore. I I think you have to go offense, and you know it, the the biggest shame to me in all of this is the fact that the Eagles will now not hire somebody who has a similar profile to Chip Kelly, which I think is a shame. The reason I was so happy about the Chip Kelly hire and when I was so excited about it was because it represented sort of almost like a Sixers-y thing where the, the Eagles front office was saying, all right, you know what? We think this guy has some good ideas. We think we can be the team on the cutting edge. And I really respected that. I think it's a smart idea. And I think that I would rather my team be the first team to do that than the 13th team to do that. And I feel like now they're going to, you know... It, I would think that the pendulum is going to shift too far in the other direction and they're going to like, I don't know, try to coax Mike Holmgren out of retirement or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, God. I'm really just kind of hoping that they hire somebody like an in-between. Hey, like, UCLA is losing a lot of players. You know, what if it's Jim Mora? Junior? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back, kid. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Patrick. I think that there's, and I think it is going to be, I don't know. I almost think it's going to be a 180 as far as, you know, the the profiles and everything. And it's it's not not like a Rex Ryan type, but that's why I kind of now think, you know, Hugh Jackson might probably be on the top of their list. And if not, he should yeah. be. You know, I think that's a guy that's gotten an opportunity uh, twice. You know, I think uh, when he was the head coach with the Raiders, I thought that was a positive step. You've seen what he's done with the offense in Cincinnati. I think people would love that here. You know, I think that's a very traditional West Coast, some style offense that's, you know, very balanced and made Andy Dalton look really good for in, in this past year. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, re- James, I really think that the quarterback situation is now completely fucked. Like, I, it, now it's, now it could be anybody. I, I honestly don't believe that Sam Bradford will not be back here because you're going to have, uh, you know, Roseman in charge. You're going to have, a, a guy that needs to pick his own quarterback, and I, I would assume that this is going to be picking the top ten, the top ten. So I, I think that there's going to be one of those guys, those guys out there. Uh, do you really think that Sam Bradford is done in Philadelphia now? What Shermer and Bradford uh, combo's not doing it for you next year, John? <laughs> not, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. No, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I uh, I was only half kidding at the uh, uh, beginning of the pod when I said that that one silver lining is that they'll be bad enough in 2016 that they can be at the top of the draft in 2017 when there are actually some legit, you know, top tier type of uh, of quarterback prospects or potentially seeing how this next year plays out. Um, so, so I was only half kidding about that. Um, uh, you know, I think that's kind of like the, the future for us at quarterback, or at least, uh, the, the best case I think here right now. Um, so no, I, I would be surprised if Bradford's back, um, as far as a coaching, uh, you know, can I, I do ultimately, if I had to, you know, if I was just guessing on who I think it'll be, I would go with McDermott, the connections to both Laurie and, and, you know, Roseman and just the connections he has inside that building. And, and after this, this thing, and I thought, Patrick, I, I honestly, I thought that was one of the best points that, that anyone's made this podcast on Twitter. I, I just thought that was a fantastic point about worrying that the Eagles will, will not 
take someone like Kelly moving forward, someone who's different, someone who's innovative or potentially innovative. Um, and, and I think that's a shame because I like Patrick. I was excited about Chip. Obviously, I think whoever was excited about Chip has, has seen that excitement dwindle and dwindle as as this has gone on here. But uh, I, I did like him initially because I like the idea of him. I like the idea of, of bringing in someone different, someone who doesn't go about things in the old-fashioned, same old way, because you know what? We haven't fucking won anything for, for you know, our entire existence as fans here the same old fucking way. So I I loved that idea. Uh, I, I think that uh, McDermott is probably the guy because it is the opposite of that. It's a, it's a guy they know, uh, a football guy, an NFL guy, you know, studied under Jim Johnson, like all that kind of connections. I think it's someone they think they'll be able to sell to Eagles fans, uh, especially with how good Carolina's defense has played. So uh, I really, if I had put money on it, I would, I would bank on him. But, um, you know, if I had to choose, uh, you know, outside of a Peyton who we talked about uh, earlier and, and on the fanatic on Sunday, well, I shout out to you, uh, Angry Al, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Shout out to Angry Al. That, yeah, it was a good call, and and he was right. You know, if, I think I think Peyton. I think we said that on Sunday that Peyton was the one name that if you were going to tell me, all right, Chip gets fired, uh, and you know, anyone out there is a, a potential name right now you could have. It's Peyton's the only one where I'm not like this sucks, fuck. Um, but I I don't hate the Hugh Jackson call, John. I actually I like that too. That would. That would be the name that, that I think would get me most excited. Uh, I, I like guys who've had a, a head coaching experience before, uh, and I don't think he was that bad in Oakland. I thought he kind of got a raw deal there, both Definitely. with the the roster that he had and and the way the whole thing played out. I think he went eight and eight, uh, you know, uh, yep. his last year there, or at least the year before. So um, I, I like that, and I like what he's done in Cincinnati, and and you know, I think that that he has the potential to be a successful coach in this league. But uh, otherwise, you know. I, I'm not super excited by anyone else. Look, I could be wrong with the words I'm about to say, but I'm just going to say them because I'm very frustrated by this as a fan, and I'm sure a lot of people out there feel the same way too. What a fucking bunch of pussies this front office is. To, to Patrick's point, what a bunch of pussies that you can't handle one year of being, oh, my God, this didn't work out, you know, with, with some improvements here and there. What a bunch of pussies that the, the teams before you that you put together couldn't win it anyway. And because somebody's pouting, uh, you know, in that front office, you decide to move on and do this. And look, I'll probably eat these words when Chip Kelly fails in about a year or two years or whatever. But like this is, <laughs> you know, like I'm getting I, I'm getting like pissed off now because it's just we try and do all these <sighs> I don't know. Some of it, some of it was still working. Some of it failed miserably. Like just, just find out and make sure it was fucking broken. And now you don't have that opportunity because guys' egos are getting in the way. Chips is probably in there too. I'm not saying that. I still think the right guy got fired. If you're going to make a change, because firing Billy Davis would have done absolutely nothing. So I get it from that perspective. I get it from if if the players were going to play for him. Fine, but right now, as we don't have any other information other than what we're hearing, and just like we've been saying, like if Eagles players are finding out uh, about this now, this is not like a well thought out decision. This was an emotional move. That's what that tells me. This was an emotional move that somebody got their panties in a twist and said, "This isn't going to work." Chips rubbing us the wrong way. I don't want Ed here. I don't want to do any of this stuff here. The moves that you made were completely ridiculous. And I wonder now, and this is where I come back to, if he just would have stayed put 
with Nick Foles, not done anything else, is he here another year? Or is the locker room just, just as much gone? If if Howie is still the general manager here or if he's the general manager here, Matt, what do you think would have happened if they did nothing this year? If he would have chilled out a little bit more, if he didn't, you know, trade McCoy, if he didn't, uh, you know, sign Murray, if he didn't do all this crazy shit, would he still be here anyway? No. Right? I mean, I think that, and that's sort of, that's consistent with what I've been saying. So, yes. But um, I, <laughs> I think that, I think that, like, I don't think that him being GM or him being a little less willing to tinker or, you know, whatever you want to call it, I don't think any of that was what led to it. Like, I just really think that this was a failure of him as a coach. You know, it was either it was the dictatorial stuff, it was the failure of him to relate to people, you know, in the right way. I have no idea if his failure to relate with agents was an issue. Andy never did that all that well. Like tons of guys don't really do relate with agents all that well. I think that that's that that to me doesn't doesn't really matter at all. You know, because I've, I've seen a lot of shit out there about the Rosenhaus stuff. Like, I don't know. Give me a fucking break. But I, I think that um. I just think that this has just been a failure of him as a coach. It's been a failure of him to get his guys going. It's been a failure of him to motivate them. It's been a failure of him, even on game days. I don't always think that everything was going really all that well. And and I think part of me is a little relieved because I don't have to think about this anymore. You know, and because I've been I've been really sort of worried. You know, it keeps me up at night because I have a real healthy relationship with this hobby that I <laughs> that I'm like thinking about like boy, this is an offensive-minded coach, and he's supposed to be really good at it, and I'm, like, really hoping that he can continue to work here. But, like, his offense blows, and it makes me feel bad. Like, I, you know, there are days when I just watched this team over the last two years, and I've just been like, I never want to feel this way again. And then, uh, you know, by the time Thursday rolls around, I'm like, God, I need to, I need to feel that way again. So, like I said, you know, we've got a lot of problems over here. But um, I, I just think that... Even if he, even if he just focused on coaching, and if he'd gone to a bunch of seminars and how to make better eye contact and whatever else the hell you think you know needs to be done here, I, I really don't think that anything would have been all that different. You know, you still were going to have problems with the problems in the locker room. Still going to have issues with um, different players because look, no GM is going to say like I'm flat out not going to trade. I'm flat out not going to make that McCoy trade. Like, I have no idea where that idea came from, but, you know, McCoy, whatever. I don't need to get into it. But I, I, I think that, like, a lot of the moves probably would have been similar. You know, things would have boiled over just the same. You know, they wouldn't have held it together, and the offense would have still looked kind of crappy. You know, and yeah. and that's really what would have happened. And ultimately, I don't know, does that buy you another year? I think not if everybody hates you. So... No, I don't think he would be here. Uh, Mutton Man I, pointing out that it's uh, if Laurie waited another year to fire him, you guys would be all over him for waiting too long. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I don't what, think. I one, don't think any of. I think we deserve better than that. Yeah, buddy. one one uh, one year. I I think I've said all along. One year is not going to kill or really improve your franchise that much. I just want to see where the direction is going to go. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have cared either way. There was one saying that like this needs an, at least one year to find out if it's if it's bad or good. If it was bad, then no, oh, you roll on, you go to the next thing. Like that's I, I don't you know people are people get so obsessed with the you know the second round pick that you're probably not going to hear about as much anymore. Or maybe that's one of the trademarks of why the uh, the Chip Kelly trade was so bad. But who gives a shit? This team wasn't ready anyway. You know, it's just try something different. They didn't. It's the same reason why we, there's a lot of hinky supporters. Out there, it's why they were doing all that stuff. So, I don't know. I, I we're just gonna, you know, we'll get more well, in, more into this I, as the week goes on. P. Wall, go ahead. I just I had a thought. So we're talking about 
we're talking about, about the head coach getting fired for a multitude of reasons, but I think it, it's it it's uh, fascinating. God damn to it, me. Treblaw. Sorry, he just. He just changed his icon to Mort Report and said that he's hiring Bob Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, that's a good one. We've uh, we've been chapsed by by Treb. Uh, go, keep going, Patrick. I was going to say. So if if Chip Kelly is is being fired because uh, say that it's true that that he talked to that Lurie talked to the players and the players said we want him out of here. So uh, to me, that says a lot of things, but it also says that Jeff Lurie and more importantly, Howie Roseman like the way this team is built, right? Yeah, I think that's true. You don't you don't go to somebody and solicit their opinion and then say, "Hey, thanks a lot for that opinion," but like, also, we don't care about you. Exactly. So if you're talking about, you know, I think a lot of people's first reaction to this is burn it to the ground. But if the Eagles like the core that they have here, uh, you know, one of the oldest teams in the NFL, I guess you like that. But um, you know it. If there are players in the locker room whose opinions they are courting, and if DeMarco Murray is one of them, that's sort of very surprising. But, um, you know, I think that that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because are they going to they're not going to want to hire a coach necessarily then who wants to come in and and rebuild. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're we're going to keep trying to. I don't know, figure out what the fuck happened. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, well, sorry for all the cursing, but hey, it's it's warranted tonight. So uh, we're going to keep on uh, rolling on. Of course, check it uh, on bleedinggreennation.com. Uh, James and I will be on the final show of the season on 97.5 The Fanatic on Sunday. Uh, thank God we have something to talk about, I guess. But Jesus, this is going yeah, uh, really really to be Robot to, uh, James for the last time. Yay. Uh, so we call that, uh, that Robot James all, all the time because uh, we actually just bought him a new microphone, uh, and BLG is going to get a new microphone too. So looking forward to that in the new season. Go is ahead, it, James. Is it better? Am I it good is again? better. Robot James is dead now. Okay, go. I'm happy that Robot James finally made an appearance past the editing wall. <laughs> there uh, it is. That's exciting for everybody else. No, I don't really have anything else to fucking say. This sucks. Uh, uh, Browns, listen, Sunday morning, John. I, I was really looking forward to talking about how Chip Kelly was not going to, uh, you know, sit his starters or, or look at the young guys and, and was that a problem. But I guess we'll have to table that topic, John. Yeah, uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. For myself, John Barcher, for Mr. Matt Daring, James Zeltzer, Patrick Wall, we want to thank you to everyone listening live on the Mixler app uh, and catch us. Check out the Eagles Twitter awards now. Yeah, if, Eagles uh, Twitter awards happening right this moment. So uh, shout out to E-Rock and uh, all the uh, people over there that put it together. We are presenting tonight. So maybe we can have a little fun with that. Uh, it's been episode number 139 on BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.com.